0: messages that we've been on for a little while and if you're counting this is number nine okay and we'll just stay with this until we're finished so it seems good to be done whether it's this week or next week or next month or next year Uh, but i would say this we're talking about the love of god and i can't say that we could exhaust the subject and we could get to the end where you know it's not worth talking about anymore in reality the love of god is what is the main focus of the Christian's life. And uh, it's the New Testament commandment. And uh, if you've got the love of God down completely 100% in your life, uh, then you're the only one. And so have mercy on the rest of us, (laughs) And, uh, and we'll catch up to you. And so we're walking in perfect love at all times, never missing a beat. Amen. But the love of God is very, very important for us. And uh, let's go ahead and pray, and we'll get into this message again. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you again for your holy presence. Thank you for your word, its life to us, its health and strength to all of our flesh. Lord, we believe that uh, you're you're speaking to us now, and we ask you for the word for the hour, the message for this time. Lord, give each one understanding and revelation of truth that makes them free. Help us to all live in the fullness of, of what we're called to live in and what we've been made in Christ. Thank you for your help now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. John 13 34. 13, 34. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another if you have love for one another. And so as you know, in, in teaching this series, we've majored on these three main points, and that is God's love to you. We need to know how much He loves us. God's love in you. And, and that's this, this truth, that when we were born again, God placed His love on the inside of us. It's not something where we need to pray for a love revival. Lord send us your love no his love has done been sent okay in other words he already poured his love out in us by the spirit of God read that in Romans chapter 5 it's a part of who you are if you've accepted the Lord in your life he's your savior then you have the love of God in you and so we just need to learn to yield to that and that's point three that's the love of God through us which is really a matter of yielding okay yielding to who we are in Christ not living after the flesh but living according to our new nature, which loves every time. Your, your new nature is completely unselfish. You know that? It's completely unselfish. It'll put someone else first, it'll put the needs of someone else before the needs of your own life. And that's really what we want to cooperate with. Stop walking in the flesh. Get into this love stuff that God is and He has placed in us. Very important that we do so. Because by this, everybody's going to know. They're all going to know. How are they going to know? They must be watching. The world is watching to see how we treat each other. And when we kick each other when we're, when someone's down, that's not really an attractive thing. I mean, I don't know if I want to join that group. You know, hey, why don't you come to church with me? Why? So I can get beat up? You know, why? So when I make a mistake, everyone will pounce on me and, and get, get angry with me for making a mistake? See, that's that's not attractive. But what is attractive is is when people are hurting, when people fail and they mess up there's a group around them that says hey we love you anyway and the love of Christ in us compels us to do good to you and not evil all the days of your life amen and so we're talking about the love of God we we were we were speaking about different aspects of this love and basically so that we could identify what is love and what's not because how many know the world is really confused And many of us at times have been very confused about what love really is. We've called things love. We've said, I love you, but really meant I love me, right? And uh, we, we magnify how someone else makes us feel as opposed to laying down our lives for them. How many know when Jesus died on the cross, it wasn't for his personal benefit or gain? He was already God, already living in glory. Come on now, it's just who he was, but he laid aside his own interests and desires to save us. He got beat up. He suffered tremendous pain, again, for no personal benefit, but completely for our benefit. And when we're walking in this God kind of love, we will look at the needs and desires of others and we'll say, what can I do? Even if it hurts me, if it makes you feel better, I'm into it, okay? If I have to miss out on something that I really want, but you get what you want, I'm happy about that, okay? And when that stuff is flowing through you, you know, you've tapped into what what's happened in you through the new birth. You've tapped into the very love of God that He poured out in your heart. Amen. And so we were speaking about last time how uh, one of the characteristics of the love of God is that love will serve. Love will serve. If we're really being uh, motivated and, and yielded to the love of God, we will be servants. Okay? We're not feeling all high and mighty. Somebody else ought to do something for us. Don't you know who I am, you ought to serve me. No, Jesus, when he was fully conscious of who he was, where he came from, where he was going, that all things had been given into his hand, at that point he stooped and he washed the disciples' feet. Okay? And it's when we really know who we are, that's the point at which we should serve someone else. And we can really identify and clearly see if we're operating in this love by how much we're willing to serve. And not just willing. I I don't want to say, well, I'm willing to do it. I just don't have time. (laughs) It's demonstrated by what we actually do. Are you serving others? Are you serving the Lord by serving someone else? If so, I can say that you're operating in the love of God. But if my life is all about taking care of my needs and and getting somebody else to help take care of my needs, then I'm completely walking in the flesh. And and here's the other side of that. Most likely, I'm miserable. Most likely, I'm very unhappy in my life. Because that's just not how God designed us. If we focus on ourselves, we will be, uh, our own shortcomings and failures and problems and faults will be magnified. But if we'll focus on somebody else, our things will take care of themselves. Many of them will amen amen and i would encourage you this way if you've if you've been praying at any time in your life maybe right now you've been standing and believing god for something that he promised you to come to pass and it seems like man i've been i've been believing god for a while you know maybe months maybe longer and nothing seems to be happening well if i were to tell you to check up on any area this would be it okay if I would say, you know, I don't know about you, but I would do that myself. If I'm not getting anywhere, because I'm a, I'm a results-oriented kind of person. I want to see things happen, and I don't want to just go through the motions. If I'm going to pray, I want to hear from heaven. Come on, I want answers. I want things to change. Otherwise, I'm not praying. i got some other things to do, okay? But if I'm going to pray, then I'm going to have something happen. Don't ask me to pray for you either, unless you really want it. I'm, not, I'm either not going to pray... Or I'm going to c- connect with God. okay? Yeah. And so because of that being my motivation, if I'm praying about something, man, and I'm not getting anywhere. And nothing's happening. The way I approach that is I'm going to look back at myself because I know God's the same. He never changes. He loves me in, day in, day out. He's faithful to His Word. If there's a, a disconnect there, it's not on His end ever. Yeah. And so am I missing it somewhere? And I don't mean being self-condemning, but just using my head. Am I missing? Is there something that God told me to do that I'm not doing? Is there some, some area that, I, that I've failed to do whatever? But this is the number one area I would encourage you to check. Am I walking in the love of God? Okay. Do I know how much He loves me? And if you kind of don't like yourself very much, that could be a hindrance to your prayers, I've got to tell you. Because what it does is condemnation saps confidence out of your life. You won't have confidence in God. And so you get established in that. If if the way you are walking towards others is not the love of God, that would be probably the biggest hindrance to God moving in your life. So analyze. Do a self-check. If everything's good there, well, keep standing. Keep believing God. And if He needs to get something across to you, you can trust Him to do that. But if not, just keep standing and believe in God. But check up in those areas of your life, and it really uh, many times will make a difference. I mean, I, I remember uh, a friend of mine who's who's a traveling minister uh, he was I mean he's a faith guy teaches and preaches you know like I do and and things that we believe in the power of God healing and all this kind of stuff and he was having some uh, physical problems and uh, it was some kind of internal internal thing and I don't remember the details it was internal though it wasn't external <laughs> an internal organ thing something that was causing him a lot of pain and and uh, he'd been of course, standing against this and believing God, and man, he just didn't, couldn't seem to get the victory. And I thought, you know, he was confused by it a little bit because he knows what the Word says. He's seen many other people healed, been healed himself, but he wasn't getting the victory on this one. Went into the hospital. They were doing checks on him and everything, and they couldn't even find it. And they and they searched and searched, all kinds of stuff, and it was a big problem. And finally, when he, uh, as he was seeking the Lord, I mean, this is almost, you, you want to hit yourself in the head and go, duh. He wasn't walking in love towards someone. And he knows this. And he, he told me, he said, I finally realized what I was doing towards this other person. And he said, I got it right and was healed. Yeah. Just, like that, th- that, just like that, things, things cl- cleared up for him. And I thought, wow. And we know this. And sometimes, you know, we just overlook the simplicity of the basics of what we're called to do. Yeah. Hmm. The New Testament commandment the single thing is the love of god go with me to first corinthians chapter 8 you remember uh that we were talking last time about, again about serving i was reading in romans 16 you don't need to uh to turn there but the, the bible does speak of those who do not serve the lord jesus but serve their own belly i don't want that to be said about me that i'm just and i live for me I live for my own belly as opposed to living for someone else or serving the Lord by serving other people. Uh, 1 Corinthians 8 and verse 1 says, Now concerning things offered to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. What does love do? It edifies. Now, first of all, concerning things offered to idols, I've never really had a problem with that. I don't know about you. (laughs) You know, when you go to a restaurant, I mean, you do question your your server, right? You go out to lunch and you say, now, hold on, has this food been offered to idols? You'd all do that, right, just to make sure. (laughs) Now, if you're like me, that has never even crossed your mind, (laughs) You don't go to the grocery store and make sure you go to the section where it's food that hasn't been offered to idols because you don't want to get in trouble there. Well, obviously, this was a cultural issue. They were dealing with that subject. Some food was offered to idols. And so Christians came along and said, can we eat that? Is that okay? Is that violating the commands of the Lord and so forth? And, And what we come up with, basically, there were different groups at the time. Some thought, man... Food is food. I mean, throw it on the grill and stick some cheese on it. I'll eat it, man. It, it, it's, it, it's, it's good. I'm, I'm fine with it. It's it's nothing spiritual. And others thought, no, no, there's spiritual significance here. If it's been offered to idols, I can't eat it. And Paul was answering those questions. You can read the whole context and read about that a little bit more. But uh, basically, he came down to this point. He said about that, he said, uh, well, what did he say? <laughs> He said, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. In other words, obviously, the, we know this. If you're mature, you know this. It's not, it wasn't about the, the offering of idols. If people didn't think it mattered, it didn't. And if it did matter, well, they should avoid it because of their own conscience. Okay? But if people knew better, then that, that was correct. But Paul said, we all have knowledge. But it's not about just knowledge. Knowledge will puff you up. If you don't have love, in other words, love considers what the other person is going through and how their actions will impact another person, all right? Not all about how it impacts you, how it impacts another person, and he gave this revelation that love will edify, love will build up, not tear down, it will strengthen and not weaken. Uh, Paul is stressing that walking in love is more important than being right, right? Now, I don't know about you, I like right. I believe in being right. I believe it's important that we be right as much as we're able. But I'll also say at the same time, none of us are right about everything. And we must acknowledge that. But still, I put a high importance on truth in my life. And I believe, according to First Thessalonians, that, that we should love the truth. It should be, you don't compromise the truth. But understand this, that walking in love is more important than knowledge. More important than being right in your life is how you treat someone else. In a marriage relationship, how many know there's always two rights? (laughs) A lot of times if, if there's a disagreement, two people think they're right. But here's what's more important, and that is love. That is edifying and not tearing down. It's building up and not tearing down the other person. That is secondary to who's right. Okay? They had questions of who was right. We have questions of of, of who is right. How, How many know in the body of Christ, at large, if we magnify what we know above walking in love towards another group, we're in trouble. The body of Christ will be in division. I tell you what, not all of us in here agree on everything, let alone going outside of these walls into a different camp, different group within the body of Christ. We'll find a lot of disagreement on secondary issues. But do we, let, do we magnify that? Or do we magnify the fact that, man, we're saved, and I love you, and if you disagree with me, you know, that's a secondary thing to, to how I treat you. I don't want to tear you down and put you down because we, see, we don't see eye to eye on a particular subject okay, it's true in any relationship, it's true in a church, there's never going to be 100% agreement. I know some kind of think that, they think that way, well, before the Lord returns, before Jesus splits the eastern sky, the church is going to be completely unified. Well, you know, spiritually we already are. And that's the difference. I don't think we're going to get to a point where everyone's mind is completely renewed. Because if so, we've got to immediately stop getting people saved and just get us up to perfection let everyone else be toast. Because otherwise, what about all these people getting saved? They think like the world. Come on, you and I, we have different elements of our own mind where we're thinking like the world. And it's through the revelation and illumination of God's Word that we're able to change this. But it's little by little, little by little, we change and begin to think more and more like Him. Okay, but there's always going to be some disagreement. Praise the Lord. Make sure you have a scripture if you want to really be right. <laughs> if you got a scripture to back up what you believe, preferably not one either. That's a little side note here. Preferably you got two or three or more that establishes what you believe. If you don't, don't be so dogmatic. All right. If you've got a bunch of scripture on it, be dogmatic all day long. Okay, if you're taking half a verse, if you don't understand the difference between Old Testament and New Testament, don't be dogmatic about anything. If you don't know the difference between your spirit and your soul, don't be dogmatic about anything. Because there's there's mass misinterpretation that will happen in the Bible. If you don't understand some of the fundamentals. All right, thank you. I'm right about that, aren't I? <laughs> I like being right. <laughs> but I love you more than wanting to be right. All right. So being right is not all there is to consider. We've got to consider our actions and how they affect other people. Okay. Uh, this word that was translated edifies here, just looked up in the Strong's Concordance. It's interesting. It says to be a house builder. That word means to be a house builder, to construct. Um, other words that are, that are used uh, or edify and embolden, to, to build. And so when we're walking in the love of God, what are we doing? We're in the construction business. How? We're building up somebody else's life. We're not in the tearing down business. We're in the building up. We want to edify. We want to construct. If you're around me and I'm really walking in the love of God, then you are built when you leave. If I'm walking in the flesh, you feel kind of beat up. When you, you feel kind of torn down. You feel weaker. But when I'm walking in love, you feel stronger. Okay, That's the effects the love of God has on people. Now, let me say, say this as well. Even when someone is living in sin. I do not change. I'm not supposed to now. I do not change how I treat another person. Because they're living in sin or they're not. I still have the goal of building up. Of strengthening. Of edifying. Even if I know specifically what that person is doing wrong. And how they are blowing it. It is not my goal to tear them down. And rip them apart because of their sinful behavior. Alright, we'll come back to that. Well, or we'll stay on it. Condemnation tears down, but love builds up. We know that the Lord is not a condemning spirit. Some I guess I say we know that. A good portion of us probably know that. Jesus didn't come to condemn. He came to save. If you're, if you're living wrong, you're man, you're blowing it, messing up in your life, the Lord is not going to backhand you. When you come to him, His arms are open. And likewise, because of that fact, our arms ought also to be open. When people are blowing it and they're in sin, it is not our job to point that out to them. This can be helpful in in times of uh, holiday uh, seasons. People are getting together with family. And uh, some members of the family are not doing right, are they? And there can be a real temptation you know, to be the one that points that out. But listen, condemnation is not the love of God. We want to build up. And sometimes people, they they, they get so fearful. Well, if I don't say anything, they may never change. If you say something, they may never change. It may really reinforce the thing that they're involved in. And a mature person knows how to keep their mouth closed. Are you listening? All right. Love does not continually point out someone's failures. It is not an attempt to make people feel bad about themselves. Okay, let, 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 let's go over to 1 Corinthians 10. That's just a page over if you've got a Bible like mine. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 23. 10, 23. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. Let no one seek his own, but each the other's well being. So everything's helpful or everything's allowed, but not everything helps. And so the the standards by which we live our lives is not just what I'm permitted to do, but what is beneficial to me and really to others. That should be the, the, the standard. People oftentimes have questions. Can I do this? Is this allowed? Can, is it okay if a Christian acts this way or watches this or gets involved with this? Well, does it help? Does it edify? Does it build up? Does it tear down? What's it doing to you? To the inside part of you that really is what matters. What's it doing to other people? How is this helping in my life? And a lot of decisions can be made right, right there. A lot of things are allowed. See, uh, let, let's let's get back away from that and then come right back. All right. Condemnation. We need to avoid it in ministering to other people. When people are missing it. Sometimes, you know, people get away from church for whatever reason. Uh, sometimes they're just backslidden. <laughs> get away from God. They're not walking with God. They're sometimes involved in sin. And they have an idea that... And if I go back, man, everyone's going to be hounding me. Where have you been? Now, I don't mean that question couldn't be answered out of sincere love, but that people have a fear, man, I'm going to get beat up if I go back. People are going to be on my case, and, and so it keeps them away for a longer period of time. That is the reputation we cannot have. How many know? I'll just tell you this. All things are lawful. Okay? If you want to skip church, you can. Don't recommend it, but you can. You're not condemned. God's not going to condemn you. And when you get back, I'm not going to condemn you either. I'm going to be happy to see you. If you miss for a year, I'm going to be glad when you're back. Be happy to see you. Not going to beat you up. Not going to make you feel like a dirty rascal for the next year to make up. Are you listening? Because we're going to operate in the grace of God and in the love of God. Now, now here's the deal. Although all things are lawful, like you can do it and you can still be saved. You can do a lot of things and still be saved. It's not helpful. It's not beneficial. And here's where I think a lot of times we miss it. Even in just a simple subject like that. Well, I'm just busy, so I'm going to sleep in and stay home, fine, you're still saved, but who's in your mind, you or somebody else, it's lawful, it's okay, but you're just not helping anybody, and if I'm not helping anybody, I'm not operating in love, and what we see so many times is what we can get out of it, well, I'm going, I'm going to get some stuff. And to get built up, and and fine, that's part of it. Should get built up, should get some good spiritual stuff. But if that's all we have in mind, we're completely missing what we're called to do. We are called to edify, to build someone else up. And I know this uh, many of us, if we didn't know a soul, if no one, you know, we didn't have any friends at church. But we knew, man, this is my home. This is where God called me to be. We'd be there anyway. Because we'd say, well, it's really about the Lord. It's about the kingdom. So I'm going to worship I worship God anyway. But you know not everybody thinks that way. And the side note to that is it's not completely about just a, a vertical relationship. God intends for us to have relationships with each other. Okay, so that is a part of it. But you know that some people, if there wasn't someone there that f- made them feel good and they had a friendship or relationship with they wouldn't be in church and here's what i'm trying to bring out i just blow things off say i'm still saved i'm righteous i can do anything i'm fine true but you know another person might miss out on what god has them because you weren't there because of your relationship with that other person you being in that relationship keeps them coming Keeps them hooked into receiving from God, and when the when you're not there, your lack of influence in another person's life is it can be very detrimental to them. I tell you this: there are there is a lot more ministry happening than people realize. There are a lot of times people just in their relationships with other with each other are keeping other people connected to the body of Christ, therefore connected to what God is doing and what God is saying. And if that relationship gets cut off. A lot of people kind of scatter. How is the Lord using you? I suspect in more ways than you know. But I also would say this. Let him use you to build someone else up. Your coming to church is not completely about this. Not completely. Well, I sang the songs. I took good good notes. And I was out of there. And I was feeling good. Man, the anointment was on me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> god was in my car i know but okay fine good you and the lord are wow having a great time but who did you impact and you know you hear me say at times when we start the service i'll say you know shake somebody's hand and find out who's going to take you to lunch today all right and i say that somewhat joking and somewhat not you know the part i'm joking about is find out who's going to take you part i'm not joking about is have relationships with people look for who you can have a relationship with because you are ministering to them and sometimes you never open the bible you never quoted a bible verse you just operated in love towards them and you made you made them feel good what did that what does that do it builds up that's the love of god man you're operating in it when you connect but when we just think it's just me and god and i'm out of here doing my own thing Man, let's not cut ourselves off from ministry opportunities. The love of God in action flowing through us. Okay. So, go with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Now, someone said, what about wrong behavior? Aren't we to stand against? Aren't we to condemn wrong behavior? Well, yes. Yes. We should have a strong stance, and we should condemn wrong behavior, but we must watch out that when we are identifying sin and wrong behavior, we don't get into the area where the person involved with it is condemned as well. Yes, we should call a spade a spade, okay? I'm going to call sin, sin, not make excuses for it, not brush it over and act like, oh, it's just you know, a fault. Not sin, okay? But in doing so, I don't want to beat up the person who's involved with it because that doesn't help them. It doesn't edify. Therefore, it's not the love of God. And so we definitely take a stand. We may get into this message later on where we talk about, uh, you know, being tough and being strong. Walking in the love of God is not for sissies. Hmm. It's not intended to make you a doormat. It's not intended to make you, to take away your backbone where you don't have any stand and strong stance against anything in life. It's not at all, but it's a matter of how we treat others and how basically how God treats others is how we're supposed to treat others. And so we're not condemning people who are in sin, but yet we're not condoning sin either. Ephesians 4 and verse 15, 4.15 said, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into Him who is the head, Christ. How should we speak the truth? In In love. Again, we don't want to magnify the fact that we're right. Truth is very important, but how we convey truth is also very important. And just because something is true does not mean we should talk about it. And just because something is true does not give us license to say it in any old way that we want to say it. Truth spoken in love is what's important, okay? There's a whole lot of people that are right, but they don't know how to communicate it. Sometimes people, they really care about, uh, you know, maybe family members who are living wrong, living in sin. They truly do want them to do right, but they don't know how the love of God works, and so the way they go about trying to get them to change is contrary to the love of God and drives them away. Okay, you remember Proverbs, uh, whatever it is, you can look it up. Pro- <laughs> Proverbs says this, he who wins souls is wise. Only a wise person can win a soul. That's not, that's not just speaking necessarily about evangelism. We think that means win someone to Jesus. It can apply there, but really what it's talking about is someone's mind. When you have wisdom, you'll approach and deal with someone in a way that will win them. They were thinking this way, and you were able to, with wisdom, turn their thinking. And now they think this way. A fool can't do that. Okay? Even a fool who speaks the truth. But a person who speaks in love, that speaks the truth in love, they're using wisdom with others. And they're able to help turn them. Okay, See, it's not only important what we say, it's important how we say it. It's important the attitude that we have when we speak to others. And, uh, and that we do so, of course, of sincerity, genuineness of heart. That always comes through. But when, but when you're operating in the love of God, people aren't going to go away from you feeling like they've been beat up all the time. They're going to feel empowered. They're going to feel strengthened. They're going to feel equipped, like something's been built. That doesn't mean that there's no conviction, okay? Even as I'm speaking now, I mean, I don't think I've been condemning at all, certainly. Hopefully, if you feel condemned, it's your own fault. And, <laughs> 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 Sorry. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> and so as we, speak the, as we speak the truth in love, about love, I know what's happening, because this happens with me too, is we start identifying areas in our lives. Wow, I can change there. I can deal a little bit different. Yet it's not condemning. Yet it's not, uh, you know, like we've been beat up. It's like, it's the real thing. It's called conviction. It's a convincing of our own self, of where we're at and what we need to adjust and need to change. And you can speak the truth and people will go, "Mm." but yet it's not putting a burden on them. It's not binding them up, it's setting them free, okay? Proverbs chapter 10, Proverbs chapter 10, let's not use our sword to cut people up. The Bible, the Word of God is a sword of the Spirit, but use that thing with like a, got to use it like a scalpel, use it for fine detail work. So you can attack sin, you can come against darkness and evil and set the person aside and keep them preserved. 10, Proverbs 10 and verse 12, this is a real related subject, love edifies, love also covers. Love also covers, this is what this scripture says in, in Proverbs 10:12. it said, hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. Love covers. Now, there's a whole lot of people these days in the business of exposing. They love to point out somebody else's shortcomings. Point out their failures and their faults and how they don't measure up. But that's not the love of God. The love of God, what will it do? It will cover all sins. Okay? Uh, Another reference, 1 Peter 4, 8, says, And above all things, have fervent love for one another for love will cover a multitude of sins if we have fervent love for each other what are we doing we're not exposing problems we're not pointing out everyone's failures and saying look at the way you've done this this is wrong this is this is a terrible thing we're we're seeking to cover their sins amen amen over in First Corinthians 13, we're told that love, one of the things that love does is it bears all things. It bears all things. You know, sometimes when uh, people get in uh, in a troublesome marriage situation and someone will say, yeah, I just, just can't take it anymore. I just can't take this anymore. Well, love can. Love can take it because it bears up under everything. And what that does is it indicates... That we're not walking in the love of God, but we're walking in the flesh. I know not, that can sound difficult, but listen. The flesh profits nothing. And if we're going down that down that path, it's only a matter of time till things blow up. Walk in love. You remember in John chapter 8. Well, let me, go, let me back up. I didn't tell you this. Bears all things. Look that word up. Word bears. It means to cover as a roof covers a house. Protection. When the Bible says that love bears all things, love is protecting. It's covering somebody. It's not, uh, it doesn't expose you and your flaws to the views of others, but rather conceals, covers, and protects. Okay. When someone else is doing wrong, when we're operating in love, we don't want anyone else to know it. The flesh will rise up and want to point out people, and f- flesh even loves to be the bearer of ex- uh, you know, astonishing news. Love's to be the first, did you hear? Don't you love to tell that? (laughs) The flesh loves to do that. But love, what does love do? It covers, keeps things hidden. You know, love, you know, when you walk into the room and you see someone, they got their zipper down. And uh, love doesn't go, hey, look at ah, look at you. Everybody, mm, look at them. I mean, no, that's not love. (laughs) Unless they're a real close friend. And you know it's okay to really mess with them. <laughs> Most of the time, what do you do? You go up to their ear and say, Dude, zipper. Right? Or you're swimming in the pool. Something's coming out. <laughs> Sorry for using real life examples, but how many of you know what do you, what do you do to that person? Well, you operate, you're trying to hide it, you're trying to conceal it. It's like, mm, 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 mm you want them to take care of it without it without them feeling embarrassed especially you know they're about to stand up and talk to everybody and they got this stuff going on or if that's too graphic for you Connie or <laughs> uh, you know people spill food on themselves at the restaurant you know you, you, you want uh, to th- those are simple things But they magnify the larger point. When someone is doing wrong, do we want to point to it? Do we want to shine the light on it? Hey, everybody, look at them. Look at what they're doing. You know, sometimes people wonder this. Uh, You know, the Lord uses us here. We've got to oftentimes get a prophetic type of flow. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom flows in the house. It's wonderful. It's great. Sometimes people wonder, how come it seems like almost all the words that people get are positive? I mean, certainly there's a lot of people that need something else. It's because God is love. Now, I don't mean that the Lord would never deal with you about something you need to change. But I'm saying that God will do it. And the person who's really flowing in the love of God, they're not going to expose people in front of everyone. If there was a real strong word that seemed that would be embarrassing to someone, it would cause shame or something in front of the eyes of others, it should be given in private. Okay? And that's, again, it's a word to unlock, not to bind up. But if there's a negative type of word, I'm not going to stand up here if God shows me something about you, say you're in sin, you need to repent, you've been doing this, this and this, and just lay it out. That's never going to happen in here. Okay? And you need to understand that, that that's our heart. And that's the heart of God. Not to expose people's sin. If you're in sin, and I want to help you, but I'm not going to point you out and make you feel like a fool and make you feel like, uh, you know, you're just a sinner in front of everybody else. God wants to build you up. He'll do that. He'll convict us on the inside. And sometimes even as I'm speaking, you'll get convicted on the inside, but it's not going to tie you up and it's not going to expose you. See, that's the way the love of God works. Okay. Now, now, this is what we were talking about. John eight. They brought the woman who was caught in adultery to Jesus. Remember that setup. First of all, where's the dude? Huh? He wasn't caught too. Anyway, it's a setup for Jesus. But what were they doing? Again, they're shining the light on someone's failure, someone's fault, someone doing the wrong thing. And you know the whole story about how Jesus talked to him and he was cast the first stone and all that. Uh, Excellent. Teaching and stuff that Jesus gave us, but Jesus looked at the woman and said, Where are your accusers? They're gone. Neither do I condemn you. Now, Jesus wasn't saying her adultery was okay. It wasn't. It was heinous, bad, bad news. But He said, I'm not condemning you over this. I'm not going to beat you up. Now, quit it. But I'm not going to beat you up. That's the attitude we ought to have. That's the love of God. We don't say it's okay, but we say, You know what? You're okay. (laughs) You know, you're accepted. You're loved. I believe in you. You can do it. People need to go away from our presence, whether it's in church or you just out with someone. They go away from you and they feel better than when they got there. Yes, Even if they're doing wrong, they feel like, man, I can, I can beat this. I can overcome. Yeah. Amen. Where'd I tell you to go? Proverbs Pro- 11. Yeah. There is division in the house. Sometimes I make reference that I didn't tell you to go there. All right, time's sake. let's go to Proverbs 11. We'll finish up with a few verses here in Proverbs. Not just 11. Proverbs 11:13 11, says, "A talebearer reveals secrets, but he who is of a faithful spirit, Conceals a matter. A faithful spirit conceals a talebearer or a slanderer. We got a gossip monger here. What do they do? They reveal secrets. How many know if you have a friend and every time you tell them something personal, they get on the phone or get on the uh, internet and they start sharing it with other people, you're going to stop talking to them real quick. You, you won't talk to them about anything serious, anything important, because you know your secret is not safe with them. They're not uh, they're not faithful in that way. Okay, Understand this about the Lord. He's the same way. Someone said, I'd really like the Lord to share some important things with me and talk to me about some real important stuff. Well, what are you going to do with it? There may be some things that the Lord would share with you, and He doesn't want you to share with anybody. He just wants you to pray about it. And sometimes people oh, the moment they get a revelation, whoo, I got something from God," and they get up and announce it to everybody. Well, maybe it wasn't for announcing, yeah. okay, God needs to be able to trust you if he wants to move in your life. I mean let's take it to a uh, to a more extreme example. let's Let's say that you went home today and Jesus appeared to you, walked into your house, talked to you for a few hours. All kinds of stuff, Told gave you all kinds of insights and answers and, and talked to you about the future and what was going to happen, gave you the, you know, real close, not the day or the hour, but the real close time of his return. And uh, all of a sudden, before he left, he said, oh, one more thing, uh, this is just between me and you, and I don't want you to tell anybody, anything I said, or that I even appeared to you. <laughs> How many people could really have a dramatic experience like something that, and not tell someone that it happened to them? Say, would the Lord do that? Well, I don't know. That's up to Him. But I'm telling you that we must be strong enough and mature enough to keep things on the inside if we need to. For one reason, sometimes some things that we know are just negative. And it doesn't help anybody. It doesn't edify anybody to spew it out. And I know it's exciting. It's, woo, did you hear this? Ah! And, and, you know, it makes us feel good in the flesh. But it doesn't edify some. It doesn't build. It tears down just because of the very nature of it being a negative subject. So a mature person can keep the lid on it. Keep things to themselves. And the same thing, prior illustration about moving in a word of knowledge. Would the Lord ever show you something about someone else? Man, if you're a prayer, you have a right heart, I think that will happen. But if you're not faithful with it, it'll stop. What do you mean faithful? If you share things that, are, that are, should be secret. If you say things and that don't edify and build other people up, the Lord's going to have to use somebody else who will be faithful with that. Amen. And so a tailbearer reveals secrets. Proverbs 18. 18 and verse 8. It says the words of a bear are like tasty trifles. They go down into the innermost body. What does that mean? That means it means they sure sounds good when you first hear it. It's like eating a little piece of candy. Mmm. At first, it's like, wow, that's that's really good stuff, and that's what makes these things so tempting, is when people are hearing them, it's like, yeah, tell me more, tell me more, okay, but we're believers now. There are times we say, no, don't really. Did you hear what happened to so and so? No, nope, don't really care to. That takes a mature person to do that. A whole lot of time we're just like, okay, tell me, I'll pray about it. I just want to offer these prayer requests to you, and could you could you be praying about about uh, Pastor Allen and pray about <laughs> and pray about Ron and and, and and pray and he start because they well what I hear is they were they're into this and they've been getting involved with this and and I just want you to pray about it, okay? Flesh. Proverbs 20. And verse 19, 2019, he who goes about as a talebearer reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with one who flatters with his lips. Again, they like to tell stuff. 26, verse 20. 26, verse 20. Where there is no wood, the fire goes out. You almost even know. I don't even have to read the rest of it. You already know what's happening here. And where there is no tailbearer, strife ceases. I've been having a problem with strife in my life. Zip it up. <laughs> Zip it up. It'll go away. Right? No nothing else to burn. And the enemy, that's one of the major things that he looks for. To divide relationships, divide church family members, divide them from each other. If people will get talking about things they shouldn't talk about. If they'll start spewing out everything they hear, every little negative here and disagreement there, and I heard this, and I, I was an eyewitness of this, I saw this, and they think because it's true, they have a right to talk about it. They think because it actually happened, they should be uh, letting other people know. That is not the business of God. Come on, that is the devil with a capital D. And people in in our world today, they take great pride in exposing this person and exposing that person. Some people in the media, they consider it their calling to expose people. I'm going to expose this one. I want to tell you that's not God. That is the devil. And we're not to be involved with exposing each other. Now, if you see someone and they're in sin and they're doing something wrong, what should you do? You start off by praying for them. You pray for them. And if, if you can be used to help get them back, man, you've won someone. Amen. Amen. Okay? You've won someone over. But just talking about it, what does that do? Oftentimes it makes things worse. It magnifies the problem. And it's one thing when someone's done wrong. And it's another thing when everybody knows about it. How many know it's even more difficult to get back? Amen. Think about it. I don't want you to do this long, but just for a second. Think about something you've has happened in your life, something that you've done, and it's really bad. Now imagine we put it on the screen. Would you, would you keep coming here? And see, that's the problem. When, when, when people start spewing and start talking, they're not building up, they're not edifying, it doesn't help the body, it doesn't help any person, it really tears down. And, and though this thing that you may be able to think of in your life you might think, well, I'm forgiven of that, and you're right. Come on, you're forgiven. It's done in the past, but it would be hard on a natural level if everybody knew every mistake we, 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 we've made. We need to be seen in Christ, according to our position in Him, not according to every failure we've made. And so, do your neighbor a friend, uh, uh, you know, a favor. Do them some help by magnifying what's good, building up, not tearing down. Making excuses for sin? No. Saying it's okay? No. Putting a spotlight on it? No. Okay. You know, that's just... A, in in closing, that's one of the things uh, that really magnifies the devil. What, what do we talk about? Uh, we come to church, one of the things we do is praise God. We honor Him. We give Him all the glory. How do we praise Him? By talking about what He has done. Magnifying his things, the things He has said, things that He has done, that praises Him. What about when we magnify all the problems and people's failures? In reality, that's praising the devil. Ooh, what'd you do at church today? Well, part of it, we praise the Lord, and then after church, we praise the devil. <laughs> but we would never say it that way, but by magnifying failure and faults and everything wrong, that's really what we're doing. Amen. Amen. I don't know about you. How many ever get tired of some of the political process when when everything's wrong? Even though things need to change, you get tired of hearing a litany of complaints. Could you say something positive? Is anything right? Is anything going well? And it's all negative. The love of God is edifying. Amen. Covering sin. Amen. Father, thank you today for your, your spirit moving in us. Thank you for teaching us, thank you for helping us to yield to the love of God. We've been born of love, we've been born of God. What manner of love you've shown us and bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. Help us to yield to this, I pray. Help us to recognize in our lives, in our relationship, families, marriages, friendships, business relationships. Help us to recognize, where where we've been tearing down so that we can stop and desist in that show us how we can edify and build others up cover sin instead of expose Lord we want to flow with your spirit and never be condemning but always be life giving thank you for helping us Lord as you convict us in areas where we're missing it uh, we repent of our sins we confess our sins to you you're faithful and just to forgive us And now, Lord, we seek to be tools and vessels in your hands where we can move, where we can flow and help other people to be lifted up. May everyone around us feel better when they leave our presence. Just as we leave your presence and we feel encouraged and helped and strengthened, we know our faith is built and we can can accomplish great things. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord you're so good to us father I pray for those today who've who've never been born again